Trash Can presents the ultimate country rap gold collection with such classics as I like my beat down low and my top laid back. You see me riding 24s with a chopper on the back. And then we speed it up to such classics as If there's blood on that money, then I'll still count it. If there's blood on that money, then I'll still count it. And who could forget? I'm so hood. Wear my pants below my waist. I'm so hood. When it dance up in this place. I'm so hood. You and your man is planning to hate. I'm so hood. And who could forget? Gold all of my chain. Gold all of my right. Gold all of my watch. Don't believe me, just watch. You can now pre-order your one-of-a-time classics for only $999 and get a bonus CD free. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Don't forget to call that 800 number and order that CD. Yeah. Well, buddy, we are on our 17th episode of season two, and that means we have been doing 69 episodes here on the Donut Box podcast, man. It's crazy. Hey, I actually, I was listening to the Bible Man football, and uh, I don't remember what the other name of Water Gun was. It I think it was Water Gun. Yeah, and the Water Gun, and that was we recorded that one a year ago. Uh, you know, since I guess today, a year ago today. And uh, so looking at it, man, it is our number one most listened to episode. And I was going back and listening to it. And I was like, wow, just to see how far we've come both in life and on this podcast. It's very interesting to go back and listen. So all I'm saying is we should be expected like killer numbers for this. Got it. Got it. Okay. Exactly, man. I was sitting there and listening to it and I was thinking like on the episode we're talking about how we are at 17 episodes already. And how we're almost to 20. And just now, we're at 69, almost to 70. It's amazing. Chris, don't say that number, sir. You need to get your mind out of the gutter, mister. I'm going to pray for you. But uh, welcome to the Donut Box Podcast. If you're a brand new listener, welcome. Thank you to all of our listeners in Canada, in Maryland, in Virginia, in uh, Nashua, in Florida, Georgia, Texas, Ohio, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, also in Ireland, Belgium. Belgium's been like our A1 since day one. They have been great listeners. Yep, old Brussels, uh, Singapore. So thank all of you guys. and We are thankful for your support. And we're going to jump right into our first segment, which is the old-fashioned donut. And Michael, tell them what we got for them today. I'm going to let you know this is part of our recent history. So the best part about having a friendship and keeping it going is that you always be making memories, right? So this actually happened. What's it been now? I think it's been, it hasn't been quite a year, right? It's been, I think, probably eight or nine months since this has happened. I'll have to look at the exact date. I'm trying to think. But uh, we went to an event. Uh, Chris, just a little bit about him, if you haven't been able to tell. He's been getting into wrestling a good bit, which is cool. I'm happy for his new hobby and everything like that. But we had even talked about before he had got into wrestling, um, about going to dwarf wrestling because we thought, man, that would be really cool. And there was an opportunity that we had, and we just ended up missing it. And so we said, all right, the next time it happens, we're definitely going to go. Like, we're definitely going to hit it up. Well, they end up coming to San Antonio, 
where I'm living at right now in the area. And so I was like, Chris, you got to come down here, man. And we got to, we got to do this thing. And they were offering like ringside VIP seats. So we were like, heck yeah, let's get on board with that. Um, funny enough as well, you know, my fiance's grandfather, we're hanging out and he's a cool guy. He's in his eighties. Um, and I, I just was spitballing and I was talking about going to dwarf wrestling with my friend and uh, he's met Chris before, likes the guy a lot. And I said, well, you know, would you want to go with us? And I, to my surprise, he said, yeah. So here we are rolling up to this joint. And just to set the scene for you, uh, it was at this bar. And I'm going to I'll call it out. Why not? It was called Dahlia's Country Nights. And it was actually on uh, Bar Rescue, the show, if you want to watch that. And it's a wild episode. I'll just let you know that. We ended up going to this place. And it was kind of a restaurant slash barbecue restaurant uh and like the bar was on the other side and there was a wall in between well the the wrestling was going to happen at this barbecue restaurant and when we showed up you know all band of us three of us you know chris myself mega's grandfather we rolled into that mug like yeah we looking for a fight no i'm joking that's not how it went but we went in there. They weren't organized at all, were they, Chris? No, they weren't organized. There was no one taking tickets. Uh, it said that the event opened at 7, and they were still trying to clear out the restaurant. And they were also trying to set up the seats. And we were like, well, we want to make sure we get a good seat. Uh, and I remember they set up the chairs, and we just sat there. Uh, but no one took tickets. No one even checked. So I was like, I don't know how they know who paid and who didn't pay, but that's beside the point. I didn't really know what to expect. I don't think Michael really knew what to expect. Uh, we thought we were going to go there just to laugh at the dwarves and have some good times and good fun. And so we get there and we're setting first row ringside. And then the first match of the night, uh, a guy named Justin comes out and then a guy named Boombox comes out and he's this short little black guy from Jacksonville, Florida. Here, all I'm going to say, or it's like Fort Myers or something. He's from Florida. All I know is that's definitely my favorite character by far um, of, of that wrestling circuit. I'm just going to let you know he was definitely my favorite. Even from that very moment, I was like, oh yeah, this is the guy I'm rooting for all the time. Yes, and so during the match, of course, they're doing uh, you know, the moves and stuff like that. Very amateur wrestling, I will say that, but it's okay. Um, and I just remember that Boombox kicked Justin out of the ring and Justin uh, started trying to grind on my lap because uh, he kicked Justin literally right into my lap. And uh, so Justin gets up, he starts grinding on my lap. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? So I, we shove him back into the ring and they're taking the fight outside the ring and Justin takes the people that are sitting like two seats down from us, takes their beer, chugs it, and then hits boombox over the head. They bring out cake pans and wet floor signs and all that good stuff. And then boombox gets kicked out of the ring, and we got to go help boombox, and boombox falls into my lap. So it was crazy. I caught two dwarves. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. And, you know, the second match comes up, um, and it was <clears throat> more lucha libre but listen these guys weren't dwarves these were grown men like i mean i think one of them was at least six foot you know the the hero of it i think he was called the silver tiger and then the other one i don't know what we called him we just booed him the entire time you know the whole the whole match is playing out and of course if you know wrestling there's a good guy and a bad guy and there's a storyline that normally plays out and normally you know the bad guy will kind of have his run of tyranny as you will and then the good guy ends up swooping in at the end kicking his behind and ended up 
finishing the thing. Remember how I said something about my fiance's uh, in the 80s grandfather? So we're sitting there, and at this point, they're out of the ring. And us being front row, and when we say front row, I'm talking like you can touch the ring with your hand. Like, you don't even have to lean. Like, you can just touch it. It's right there. Being unorganized as they were, they literally set up all these chairs super close. Like, way closer than they probably should have, because they couldn't even really move around the front of this ring. But anyways, they're in front of this ring... And, I mean, this guy is right in line of her grandfather. And it's and so here comes the bad guy with the wet floor sign. And we just kind of see it coming of, okay, he's going to get walloped in the head. And this guy's about to fall on him. And I'll just, you know, I mean, being in your 80s, Mobility is already a problem. The man uses a cane, and we're not we're not trying to get, to get the guy to go to the hospital. So I mean, we literally had to catch that six foot dude pretty much from falling into him, and like had to push him into the crowd. And um, I felt sorry for the lady we kind of pushed her pushed him into, but you know. Yeah, I felt bad also for the people whose beer got stolen from the first match because the second match came, and then their beer got stolen again to use for some kind of beer trick, and then. Uh, yeah, and that definitely happened. And then the third uh, match, third and final match, it was like kind of a four-way where all the wrestlers co- come in and it's a big Royal Rumble thing. And the only thing that sucked was they did the finishing move where the guy was on the outside of the ring and the main guy like did a like swanton dive into the crowd, but it was on the opposite side of us, so we didn't get to catch him, and it was it was crazy. And there was also some drunk guy that was there, and he kept throwing like candy, like or stuff. And there was this big antler, like chandelier, in the middle of it. And the guys wrestlers almost like kept hitting their head on it. Um, but he kept throwing like candy into the chandelier, and he was being very obnoxious. Yeah, and there was even one point he came out and kind of spread his arms and just like screamed like a banshee just randomly. It was very interesting. It was uh, definitely not a kid-friendly show or kid-friendly place. I mean, it was a bar, but we went back and watched the Bar Rescue episode uh, on, of course, Bar Rescue, and we saw it, and we were like, hey. This place looks a lot bigger on TV, but it was actually pretty small. Yeah, it wasn't that big. In fact, I was surprised the fire marshals were allowing that many people in such a small area. I mean, there was at least 200 people in a space probably designed for, you know, 50, uh, 50 to 75. So it it wasn't great. But it was, uh, what the fun part about the entire thing was uh, being able to yell and scream and, you know, be be animated in it and i would say that was because um we have and we'll talk about these some other time but we've been to a few others uh of their shows and i will say that was probably the liveliest crowd of of them all like yelling and screaming wise um and so it was it was pretty fun but that bar rescue episode we actually saw the owner there she was part of the you know people putting it all together and i'll just i just have to say this I love her grandfather death, and this is part of the reason that I, you know, love hanging out with him. If you watch that bar rescue episode, when I say it's wild, you know, she allows people to take shots out of places you're not meant to take shots out of at one point. And I showed him that episode, and he his response. She didn't do that while we were there. He he, he wanted to see it in person. But anyways, that was the time that we went to dwarf wrestling. It was it was really fun though. Um, and this is where I'm going to plug the website. Because we have a video on the website, uh, Dwarf Wrestling Part 1 and Part 2, on the website tvtrashcan.com or on our YouTube. So go check it out. Go watch it right now. And it's got all, a bunch of footage. So literally you can uh, hear our words and then see what it looked like. All right. Well, we are going to move into our next 
segment, which is the Jelly Donut. And that's our jail report. What is that private pile? Sir, Jelly Donut, sir. A Jelly Donut? Michael, what do you have for us on the jail report? You know I always got good stuff for the jail report. Um, so we have a few. And Chris, I, I got to have some opinions on this. I just don't even understand. And I didn't, I didn't think that this was allowed. But anyways, this person was arrested for a drunk driving incident, a DUI. So how it works here in the United States court-wise, you can be arrested, sure, but you'll have your day in court um, typically at another time. Well, she was released from jail, and what did she go on Facebook and commented? She said, or she, you know, made a post, and she said, My dumb behind got arrested for DUI, and I hit a car. Because she did hit a car. She ran into the back of one. And so that didn't go down very well, and apparently the judge somehow was tipped off by the young lady's social media account in the post that she had made. And so not only was she, um, she had to serve 48 hours for that charge, which I don't know what the charge was, and then the court also ordered her to delete her Facebook account, which I didn't think was a thing that they could do but wow that's really interesting they ordered her to delete her facebook account i'm wondering if this is another country because some of these jail stories are from not from the united states so i'm wondering if maybe that's you know because maybe other places they can order you to delete your facebook account but if i'm not mistaken i don't think they can do that in the united states court for something like that i don't think they can either but it is a uh, reputable source here the the website so it's a uh, well-known. The next one, an entire courtroom is jailed for a mobile phone ringing. So apparently this judge had enough and held everybody in contempt of court after he had told repeatedly, and they said there was at least 14 occasions where a phone went off in the courtroom, uh, not all by the same person. So it was 14 different occasions during this courtroom hearing. And so apparently the 13th time he said one more time and every single person in this, and this is the quote, everyone is going to jail. Every single person is going to jail in this courtroom unless, um, unless you silence your phones. One more time and everyone goes to jail. True to his word, once another person's phone went off, he literally sent everybody to jail for contempt of court. So 32 of them posted bail and then 14 of them were unable to post bail. So they had to spend some days in the county jail. Wow. I, I understand he's the judge and he has control over his courtroom, but that is like a little bit extreme. But I also understand like the amount of uh, annoyance that that causes because you're trying to hold a courtroom and people's phones are going, just silence your phone. That should be like, I don't know, a common courtesy thing i'm gonna i'm gonna break off here i know this is the jail report not what fries my donuts but we're gonna talk about this for a second too um being a man of the clergy a man of the cloth over there sir um let's ask this question how often do you have phones go off and how annoying is that to be honest with you man i mean i only really deal with the kids so i'm not in the main service but i will say that it is at least once a once a service I will say that much. Because I was, I was at a funeral, unfortunately, just the other day. And, I mean, we had three or four times that cell phones went off during a funeral. So it was just, wow. Um, I, just, I just wanted to ask because every time I've been in church, especially in the day and age where everybody has phones, it seems like it's a thing. Um, okay, next story. We have a guy... Hey, shout out Florida. I, you know, I'm going to take a moment to love on Florida a little bit. I love Florida because they give us great stories and they don't spare any um, any detail in it at all. So it starts off a man drunk in a trailer park 
in South Florida. Um, don't you know there's an alligator involved? So he decides, what am I going to do? He thought the alligator was dead for some reason. So he decided, I'm going to try to play golf off of its head. What in the world? So essentially what happened, I don't, you know, reading this story, I don't think the man was just drunk. I mean, you know, Florida also has like bath salt issues. Maybe it's on bath salt or something. I'm not sure. But he wanted to play golf off of this guy's head. So he pulled out, um, according to the police report, pulled out a nine iron and proceeded to put a ball right on top of the alligator's head. At this point, a few neighbors had seen what was going on, so then there became a commotion and they called the police. At this point, the alligator was awoke by all the noise and everything that was going on and tried to get away, and the police report said he chased him down the street, repeatedly swinging towards his head, even though the ball had fallen off of his head, or the alligator's head, um, down the street. So he was just swinging at at an alligator. Luckily, the alligator, I guess, was spooked and just wanted to get out of there he ended up going to jail for uh public intoxication reckless endangerment of an animal well when they say alcohol improve or impairs your judgment not improves the ju- your judgment impairs your judgment that is very true because my man went after an alligator like just full-on swinging i'd be scared to even get within five feet of an alligator dude and that dude just went out there was swinging at it i'm telling you what did what did this guy have i'm, I'm curious of what this guy drank to be that brave i mean that was pretty uh bro he sh- he, he drank some shots of four loco bro <laughs> so police were called uh to this prominent place here to report a suspicious coin and essentially what ended up happening was it was an elaborate joke apparently somebody called around 5 p.m and said um there's a suspicious coin that is going around different businesses in this area trying to tip off police towards i guess fake money right and essentially it was supposed to be a one dollar coin but it's one of these like special minted one dollar coins to where yes it's worth a dollar but it's all silver or whatever to where they were trying to say no it's actually worth like a hundred because it's a specialty coin so police show up and of course they're investigating everything it was it was a quarter and when they when they asked about it because when the police showed up and kept asking okay where is this coin where is this coin who's seen this coin nobody knew what they were talking about so they went to the source of the call and said where is this coin and they came out of the back room uh, according to the police report, with a quarter. So they were just pranking 911, or is that is that what they were doing? That's what they said in the report. They said it was supposed to be an elaborate joke, and it was supposed to be a pun of some sort. But police were baffled, and quite frankly, so am I. I'm not really sure what the joke was supposed to be. Uh, a suspicious coin, and then it's like, it was a quarter, ha 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 ha, I'm assuming is kind of what they were saying. But... They ended up going to jail for making a false call to police. Oh, yeah. I'd be mad, man. If I, like, spent all that time investigating, you're wasting my time when I could be out there doing other duties or helping someone that's really in danger. Like, that's stupid. It just, um, here was here's one that I think was really, really crazy. So, a caller um, called in at this particular police department, and they said that somebody is screaming help from their porch. And they can hear them screaming help somewhere. So police shows up and everything like that. And I guess this officer was not in a great move because when they found who was screaming help, it was not a person but a cat that was yowling in the back. And it just sounded like it was help, help, help. They arrested the lady (laughs) 
for, again, making a false report to police. Well, did she actually know it was a cat, or did she genuinely, in good faith, think it was a person? I think in good faith, it was a. she thought it was a person, but at the same time, it's hard to tell. It doesn't say anything further than that, but at the same time, uh, I would be pretty mad if it was one of those things to where they arrested arrested me for, you know, just trying to help somebody else out. But I don't know, like you said, context kind of changes Yeah, I agree. I would agree with you because it's like if I, in good faith, thought somebody was having a hard time and it turned out to be a cat, then may, what if it's an old person? They can't really hear that well. They might think it's someone asking for help or crying for help. I'll be 100% honest with you. Where I live, there's a, there's a lot of feral cats around. And sometimes they'll be fighting and stuff, and it does sound like people fighting. Like, it sounds like two people fighting sometimes if it's just in certain situations out of the out of the question. All right, so last one here. There was a woman, and this was in New York, who hopped into a zoo enclosure, uh, the lion zoo enclosure, and she decided she was going to dance as a TikTok prank or one of these TikTok Oh, yeah, I've heard about these things. So a woman hops into the Bronx Zoo, attempts to do a dance with the back facing the lion, uh, in which the zoo had to take action and, of course, tranquilize the lion because the lion was um, taking, you know, a posture of defense, essentially. And, I mean, I can imagine you only see certain people and things like that. And this woman, if you've ever been to the zoo, you know, these enclosures normally... They have, like, this weird moat thing around them and all sorts of stuff. So I can only imagine you jump over this fence, what this big cat is must be thinking, and then all of a sudden you start dancing at the thing. It's, you know, I can I can imagine. Uh, but uh, apparently it doesn't say which charges she was faced with, but it, she was charged with five separate felonies. Here's my thing, man, and you can, this might be sound controversial, but why did we tranquilize the lion to save this person if this person is being dumb and encroaching in the lion's house and you're gonna take out the lion to save this person so we're letting this person live that's natural selection to me bro that is natural selection imagine if you were at your job and a big lion comes charging into your job in your workplace and then they tranquilize you to save the lion how would that make you feel that person is, I'm sorry, but that person does not belong to society. I'm, I'm telling you, it's um, it's the same thing, and it is controversial, but I feel the same way. It's the same thing with the whole Harambe stuff, and you you know how we feel about that. Or, you know, Chris knows how I feel about that. I don't know how Chris feels about that. We'll move on. But it's just, it's so dumb, and especially, um, I'm, I'm, this isn't what fries my donuts, but TikTok has really started some really dumb stuff and has made people do some really, really, like I thought doing it for the gram made people do some dumb stuff for a while, but some of the stuff that these people are doing for TikTok is just incredible. But anyways, man, um, that's, that's the jail report. That's a jelly donut. All right. I guess we're going to hop into the donut hole. It's your turn to do the donut hole. And you said you got some good stuff and I don't even know what's coming. So I'm ready, excited to see. What you got? Absolutely. So we are going to do conspiracy theories. We haven't done conspiracy theories in a bit. And the last time we did conspiracy theories, if I'm not mistaken, Chris did them and, you know, I responded. So now it's Chris's turn. Um, we're going to go through some of these conspiracy theories. And it's not the main ones that you, you, you know about 
you know, like the Kennedy assassination and all this. No, 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 no. We found some ones that are a little bit deeper than that, and so we're going to discuss and see what uh, what old Chris thinks about these uh, and just kind of discuss. So the first thing about this, I picked this one because uh, we a little part about us, we both own cats. Can a cat parasite control your mind? There is a conspiracy theory that a cat parasite can control your mind. It's a single-celled parasite called the Toxoplasma gondii, and it can turn a normally risk-adverse mouse into a mole or a bold cat-seeking rodent, and essentially it turns their brain. Well, that same parasite can also be, according to the uh, conspiracy theory, be ingested by humans inadvertently, in which the owners will be more inclined to do whatever the cat wants them to do. I'm usually on board with conspiracy theories, but that one is a little far-fetched for me. That one is a way kind of out there in left field. I mean, do you think cats are really controlling us? I don't think so. Do It's just the same with being a pet owner. Eventually, we do what the pets want us to do because we treat them like our children and we want to take care of them. And sometimes we treat them better than humans. But do I think that there is a cat parasite uh, that can control your mind? No, I don't think so. I, I don't either. Um, having a cat, and I've had a cat now for, ooh, about six years um, had a cat and you know I love my cat sure but a cat's a cat and they do what they want to do really and truly and you know we give her food we we house her we interact with her but for the most part she just does what she's going to do I don't really think that she controls us to do anything because um, I mean like what like Chris said as a pet owner you have to feed them you have to give them water you have to do these things already or else they'll die so it's not like they're controlling you to be like, give me food, give me water. Yeah, I don't think there's a parasite that controls you because in my house, my cats know I'm the boss and they know if they step out of line, what's going to happen. Nothing bad, like they're not going to get abused, but I'm just saying, like, they know how to act right. So this also goes into why cats hate car rides. Apparently, the this toxoplasma, this single-celled parasite that lives within cats and cats can give off... Um, tricks their mind into moving objects of a certain extent uh, so you know how in cats i'm sure your cats have done this if they're overstimulated with something um it's literally you know their their eyes are kind of all over the place apparently car rides extremely overstimulate them and it's in the conspiracy theory is because of this parasite but it then essentially gives the powers to make whoever is the host of the parasite on the back end like a zombie essentially like to where the cats can control them so it takes like a weird step further where it's like cats and car rides have something to do with it it's a it's an interesting conspiracy dude whoever came up with that conspiracy was smoking too much dope that's that's what <laughs> i think they yeah, were tripping I, they were tripping on something man I would tend to agree with you. Not a lot of that makes too much sense. Um, anyways, all right, so the next one. This one is a very interesting one. Um, so have you ever heard of Tartaria or the Kingdom of Tartaria? The name sounds familiar. This is incredibly, incredibly interesting. That there was a kingdom in the 1800s that a disaster wiped out, and it was the, one of the most advanced civilizations in the world. And this event was called the Mud Flood. And essentially this mud, you know, it, it was essentially kind of a landslide. There were some mountains and essentially it buried um, the ground level homes and buildings. And then they had to build on top of that and all this other stuff. 
anyways, the this kingdom was actually so advanced that the civilization was thought to have brought democratic ideas in the early 1800s, like modern democratic ideas, um, and then also modern architecture, such as, you know, how we have doors and windows and things like that. Uh, apparently windows were not a common thing in earlier architecture, or at least to the common man until this kingdom, at least this is what it says. Here's the catch, and here's why it's a conspiracy. It was in the middle of Russia, modern-day Russia. And so essentially what had happened was, because of the communist era and everything that was going on, and all the book burning and everything that happened there, it's hard to tell if these things were actually true, or is this just all legend like, you know, the city of Atlantis or something like that. Was it actually the source of all this... Um, you know, essentially breeding of the civilization and also modern way of thinking and things like that. So is there any historical or archaeological evidence or is it just legend that suggests that this kingdom existed? They say that there are things like there's an old timey black and white photo where there's people digging and there's a an old steam shovel and it was uh, if you've ever used, heard of a, it was a very early rudimentary way of taking photographs. Um, have you ever heard of the, I think it's called like the cannon hole theory where it's basically there's a hole in a can and there's some, you put a few mirrors in there and it reflects and there's a particular kind of paper. And essentially if you leave that can there for the entire day, the sun will burn whatever image that is being projected by the mirrors onto that piece of paper, and that was the earliest forms of photography. Apparently, they found a old black and white photo um, of these men digging, and based on the shovels and the archaeological, you know, things of the era, they're thinking that yes, that is proof that this did exist, and this was the the area, um, because apparently the area or the, um, the photo was representative after the mud flood happened and the survivors were cleaning up the damage. What it really sounds like to me is it sounds like this story or conspiracy theory came out during the Cold War to make Russia look like it was a, a uh, powerhouse and Russia was ahead of the times and Russia was better than America because all this stuff that the Americans were doing, Russia already thought of first. That's what that sounds like to me. I could be wrong, but that's just my theory. It's it's been tied to all sorts of things, but it's all they're also saying now that Tartary or Tartaria um, could have also been associated with Mongolia, um, some Chinese ties, potentially Siberia, which of course is deep Russia, um, and then Central Asia areas. But you know, there's just the reason they're they're saying that this is known is the pre-20th century maps that they have found um the regions are just simply labeled as tartary so they're saying that essentially the, this was the region these were the people that lived in the region but other than that nothing really is known so they could have been that advanced they might not have been that advanced it's not really but essentially it's weird to think because on the the back end of what you were saying what if it was Russia is sitting here going and trying to get everybody to buy into their communist ideals, 
to the point where they covered this up to say, no, all the democracy ties, everything that is leading to the modern era, um, we don't want anything to do with that. And so the book burning and a lot of the knowledge that was cast off during that time um, was was to essentially get rid of a lot of that history so that they can just move forward with the communist manifesto they were going with. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if there was, if there wasn't. Maybe there was a civilization there. Maybe it wasn't that advanced. I don't know. It's possible. I don't think we'll ever know. I, I think, I do believe that uh, there was Tartary, because, I mean, it's on a map. I do believe there was a mud flood at one point, because these things have been, you know, probably passed down from time. But how, you know, what we're talking about with all of this you know how advanced these things are i don't think we'll ever know if this is where a lot of these things came from um it's a lot of hearsay all right so we're moving to our next one and this is our third and final one here maybe you've heard of this this is a more popular ufo one so you might have heard it um but did you know that there was uh according to this conspiracy there we have already had a battle with the aliens a battle with the aliens at one time. Hmm. Have you have you heard about that or anything along those lines of um, how we have already had a um, a skirmish with aliens and UFOs? No, I have not. Okay, so in 1942 there was something called the Battle of L.A. You probably have seen or like heard of the movie and stuff, and there's I think Pacific Rim and all this other stuff. But anyways. The Battle of Los Angeles. So this happened on February the 24th of 1942. So you have to think, we're in the middle of the World War. We had just been brought in. This was just several months after Pearl Harbor took place. Um, You know, this is February 24th. It happened on December the 7th. So the thing is, 3 in the morning, essentially the west coast of California, L.A. in particular, was very, very keen because of Japan's attack of, okay, are, you know, they're on high alert of any sort of attack coming. So the Coast Guard, the Navy, they have all these anti-aircraft batteries and everything all on the coast. Well, they found a unidentified flying object flying in the sky around 3 a.m. Um, the beginning of the attack started at 4.15 a.m. when the military fired 1,400 rounds because it it looks like it hovered over the air for about an hour because it said they found it at 3 a.m. It's been hovering 4.15. The military fired 1,400 rounds of 12.8-pound anti-aircraft artillery, and that's big stuff. That's I mean, that's, you know, think about that, 12.8 pounds of exploding ammunition pretty much um, getting shot at you. I mean, that's that's a big amount of explosive. And they shot 1,400 of those. Uh, The object kept moving along from Santa Monica to Long Beach and seemed to have had no damage done by the barrage of shells that were fired at the UFO. Um, There were thousands of witnesses. You know, the U.S. military said that it was a weather balloon, as they would normally say about UFOs and things at that time. Um, But all the evidence shows that it wasn't U.S. or Japanese at the time. All the witnesses, including a lot of the... Um, military that was in the area said that it was something they had never seen before triangular shape and um, there are plenty of footages for it you can see even the website that I'm on has plenty of um, newspaper clippings and things along those lines Um, also has you know photos of it with all the spotlights You, you know how 
it is with all the spotlights on the object and all the rounds being fired at it in black and white. So, Chris, let me ask you, do you think we had had our first little battle with a uh, with aliens on that occasion? I don't think so, man. I think it was another country. I always think anytime a flying object or UFO, I think it is from another country or maybe even from our own country because they have been our country like to put it to your perspective like before we had the cell phones that we have now the government has had them 20 years before so i think that like i think that it's a a whether it's our government another people's government it was just the government had advanced technology that no one had ever seen before it could have been russia it could have been germany it could have been anybody i i think that's what i think of when i think of ufos because the the government is so far in advance. Like, I'm sure they already have flying cars by now. The government already has them. Oh, absolutely. So it's, it's absolutely. one of those things of realizing, hey, like, I, it, it's from a government. Prime example, they were testing drones in the early 90s, and look at what's mainstream now. How long has that been? 25, 30 years. So the thing is, you know, it, they, they're going to have it first, and then it's going to come onto the market. A lot of this stuff is not new items. And in the 40s, listen, there was a lot of testing going on. There was a lot of new that our government was trying to put out to be able to fight um, the powers that be during that world war. Well, anyways, man, those are the conspiracy theories. Uh, pretty pretty crazy stuff. Those are a little out there. Huh? Yeah, interesting. I'd never heard any of those before. So that's that's a good deal. Cool, man. Well, let's move into our next segment, which is what fries my donuts. And Chris, <laughs> what fries your donuts, man? Oh, buddy. I know this is going to fry your donuts too, and it's going to fry 95% of the people that are listening's donuts because if you know one, you work with one, and if you don't know one or work with one, you probably are one. Uh, but I hate people that suck up. I hate people that kiss up in a work environment. And these are the people that do the least amount of work. They kiss the boss's butt a million times, and they're the ones that get the promotions. And I have to ask the question, are they just that good at sucking up and the bosses don't really know how bad of a worker they are? Or are the bosses' egos that big that any kind of sucking up they love? Is it that they have no clue what that person does on a day-to-day basis and the person in conjunction with sucking up, literally, you know, the boss doesn't know, the people, all they have to do is put up a good front and it makes them look great to where it's like, yeah, this guy's wonderful. Yeah, I know people... They, they show up late to work. Heck, sometimes they don't even show up to work. But yet, they get promoted and they get elevated to the highest positions. They get pay raises. They're not a team player. They don't do most of the work that the team's doing. They do the least amount of work, but they're the ones that are getting the promoted the most. And I have to wonder, is it because that the boss is like, oh, well, all of my hard workers I have to leave in these positions, then they have to be the ones to turn the cranks and I can't pr- promote them, or otherwise this medial stuff won't get done well. I just don't know, but it just really fries my donuts. I think so, man. I really think that's what it is because a lot of the times, you know, I, I've been skipped over for promotions and things like that. I've, I've had that happen as well. And a lot of the times that's what it is, is we can't take you out right now because your department or wherever you are would fall apart in the transition because we know how hard of a job it is, and we don't think anybody else can do it but you. So we're going to leave you here, but 
that's exactly what it is. They're leaving you here. You're not progressing. And they're going to promote Joe Schmo because they kissed up to the boss and they went and played golf. They literally do no work, but they're being buddy-buddy with, with the boss and they're doing all these things. And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, this is not right. Like, it's not right at all. And it you can't tell me that it doesn't happen at every company because it does. Every company, every position, every... It's, it's really dumb because I was I was going to make the joke when you were saying this. I was like, Chris, I didn't know you started at my company. When did that happen? Um, but seriously, no, it, it happens everywhere to the point where it, it just doesn't make any sense because that's why it really makes me think a lot of times like you must not know what we do on a daily basis or you must not know how this is really running. Like the people on top that be promoting all these people. It's like I know that they're nice people. I know that they're you know, probably great people, but that doesn't mean anything. And that a lot of the time, oh, I'm going to break off on a side note here. You know what else drives me nuts too? When people get promoted, people like that get promoted because they've been there for 20 or 30 years. Being there 20, 30 years doesn't make them a good leader. And a lot of the times they'll promote them to a leadership position where people are underneath them. Time does not make you a good leader. No, it doesn't either. And so maybe it's just the fact that the bosses don't know that that person isn't working. Maybe that person is such a good suck up that they make themselves look like they're working when they're really not. But man, it really drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, why am I putting in the effort? But here's the thing. That person can slack off till, till the sun turns blue. And if I slack off once, if I just slack off one time, then I'm going to get chewed out and then written up. So I don't. Oh yeah. If you, if you take your liberties, it makes no sense. If you take your liberties, that, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. And, you know, I've, I've even had it happen in life where you're like, really? Because Joe Schmo, he takes off every other day. He literally laughs in your face and you don't care. And it's just like, yeah, but that's Joe Schmo. I know you and you're different and you're better than that. And it's just like, wait a second. You're holding me on different standards than this other guy. Exactly. But that's all I got for that. It just really annoys me. Uh, but we're going to hop into our mystery donut unless you got something else you want to add to being a kiss up nah man they can anyways they can kiss it but that's what they're good at that's what they love to do you're just inviting them to do something they love yeah absolutely you know what i always think of uh, this is my last note on this but what i always think of when somebody's kissing up i always just want to walk up to them and say hey there's a little bit of sh poop on your nose so bad but we're gonna move into our mystery donut which is our improv segment i think we're gonna play the story game where uh, Mike is going to tell a part of the story and then I'm going to add on. So, so it's a little different this week. We've been exploring some different, you know, improv games and things like that. So we're going to do story time, but what we're going to do is, um, we have in a hat, how many words we can say during this story. So Chris and I will only have a certain number of words that we can contribute to the story at one time. So you're ready to pull out of the hat and see how many words each one of us gets. Yep. I'm ready. All right, so I go, f I'm first. Okay, I have three words, so I can only say three words at a time, and Chris only can say two words at a time. So we're going to tell a story. Um, we also have a, a subject, so what uh, what subject do you think we should do here? Let's see the situation that came up there. Uh, let's do uh, going on a road trip. Going on a road trip. Okay, let's do it. John and Lucy went down to the creek bend where they went for a swim. The next day, 
they decided that they wanted to definitely eat popcorn all day long. They went to the movies and ordered cocktails and food. The movie was really bad because it had Matthew McConaughey as a spaceman. They then went to the bar and Christina Aguilera said, why me? Because I wrote that song that was a hit all 20 years ago today. Then they decided to make banana bread and potentially a chocolate cake. Christina then did the truffle shuffle all the way home. The end. (laughs) (laughs) I used my last two words to say the end. All right. There you go. We are going to go to our last segment, which is our eclair. That's our positive advice. And I'll go first. So this is not talking about anybody in particular. So I have to preface that. But this is just kind of a warning. Um, Just be very careful about who you put in a good word for, whether that be at work, whether that be in any social situation. And I know that Micah can attest to this too, because I've been in so many situations where I'm like, hey man, like, are you looking for a job? Just put my name down as a reference. I'll put a good word in for you. And then that person does a terrible job and then you look like a bad person. So unless you know that person really, really well, if you're going to put in a good word for them, I would say only know that person really, really well. Because if you put in a good word for somebody or try to get somebody hired on, most of the time they're going to burn you and you're going to look bad in the end. So that's just my little cautionary uh, advice for you. Yeah, take that, take the words and don't do the actions because it's really, really terrible when that person doesn't work out. All right, so mine is to remember to pay it forward. So a lot of times it's really, really easy to um, drive past certain situations or you see certain things happening and it's like, man, that sucks for them. Even though you could full on help them, you're like, I'm busy. I got other time. I got other things to do. I got whatever. There's always a million things to to not help somebody in need. But you know, when you're also in those moments, when you're in need, when the car needs a jump, when your tires flat, when those, when somebody, you know, you need somebody to block traffic for you because you accidentally ran out of gas and now you're in the middle of the road, like stuff like that. There are people out there. I would, I tell you this much. Every single time something like that has happened to me. I've had a random stranger there to help me. You know, they didn't ask any questions. And I will say this, Texas is a lot better about that. Some states, you won't get anybody to help you. But Texas, you have a lot of people that will help you. But all I'm saying is, remember those people that would help you in those situations, and there are a lot of them. And so when you see those things, if you have even a spare five minutes that could help them, go ahead and help them because it's it does nothing but benefit. And then when you're in those situations, you know, I, I feel like karma or whatever you want to call it, you'll have somebody to help you in those situations in return. I think about the story of the Good Samaritan where the guy got beat up and was laying half dead on the side of the road. And the priest of the Levite, they crossed all the other side and uh, they didn't stop to help him. But the Samaritan stopped and helped. So be a good Samaritan. That's where that term comes from. If you don't know, uh, it's in the Bible. But Anyways, tell them where they can go find us at. TVTrashCan.com, TVTrashCan.com. Linking it back over to our old-fashioned donut. If you want to see the video about dwarf wrestling, we've got two of them on there. Go ahead and take a look. 
Um, we literally have so much content on there. We have original content. We have us doing cops videos as a kid. We've got shows streaming for free, little trash shows like Eye for an Eye and all sorts of goofy stuff. We've talked about some of these. We even have Bible Man, you know. You referenced the Bible Man episode. We got Bible Man on there. My favorite, still the Shadow of Doubt, because you got to see the dance number in that mug. But anyways, yeah, TVTrashCan.com. You know, we got the YouTube, the Facebook, all that stuff. So uh, appreciate the support. Yeah, we also are going to start doing a thing where you will be able to get the transcript of our episodes now. That's a new feature that uh, we're going to add. And so it'll be great. So if you are, uh, I don't know, maybe audibly challenged or you know somebody that's deaf or I don't know. I, transcripts are always great. Now, we'll say Trash Can TV and its affiliates are not responsible for the auto-generated captions that you will see based on this, but some of them are really funny. It is really funny. So we appreciate all you guys. Let's take this donut box out to the trash. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. See y'all. <laughs>